0: This week, we're given a very simple choice. Interview Eddie Marsan, the star of new Netflix horror film Choose or Die. Or Die! (laughs) Which will it be? Find out and find out much more on the movie podcast that hasn't had a dilemma this discombobulating since Cake or Death. (laughs) cake or death Death. cake or death (laughs) cake what sort of cake cake will ultimately lead to death so in the end
1: I mean death wins or does
2: it make life worth living
1: the cake is a lie Helen the
0: cake is a lie
2: you're a lie
0: (laughs) (laughs) this podcast is cake but cake is, is a made-up drug cake is a made-up drug made up it affects drug. a part of the brain known as shatner's bassoon <laughs> and so does this podcast hello pod i'm chris hewitt welcome to the empire podcast this week we're in the studio we're in the gray depressing <laughs> pod booth i'm joined this week by my three colleagues of such lethal cunning all of whom may be cake we don't know we'll find out um I think so. I'm not allowed to take a bite out of you for legal reasons.
2: <laughs> that is correct. Geek
0: Queen Helen O'Hara. Hello.
2: Yes. Correct. How
0: are you? Cake. No biting.
2: Ki- no, cake. No. She's cake. I Helen am is cake. mostly cake mm. most of the time. That's <laughs> mostly.
0: True. I knew you were going to do that.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> what type
1: of cake I'm are you? Mostly cake
2: at night. Um, I'm probably a chocolate cake. Oh. That, to be honest.
3: <laughs> Can't a a chocolate cake.
2: Yeah, just with a, obviously vanilla icing. I'm not saying that's what I'd like to be. I'm just saying that's you know how how it works out. I eat a lot of chocolate, that's what I'm saying.
0: Okay. All right. That's not how food works, but okay. okay. Uh, we shall move on swiftly. Uh, we're joined by, and I, I, sometimes when I introduce Amon Warman as the 14th best dressed journalist, uh, film journalist, because if we, if we bring journalism, oh, if we God. open it up to wider journalism, you plummet down the rankings, obviously. Do but I when I, when I introduce Amon as the 14th best dressed film journalist in London, brackets, Watford division, sometimes, you know, I'm deliberately taking the piss. I'm taking the Michael. I'm rubbing him up the wrong way. Steady. Today, again, though. You're not
2: allowed to do that, though. T-
0: again, I'm not allowed to take a bite out of you or rub you up the wrong <laughs> Correct. way. Correct. I'm glad we're establishing these rules. Indeed, indeed. Uh, but I have to say, today you are sumptuously dressed in what I can only describe as a shirt. <laughs> so well done. I'm on Welcome to the podcast.
3: Thank you. Uh, happy to be here. Uh, yes, this is, I can confirm, a shirt. Uh, a pink shirt, to be exact. A pink collared shirt.
0: A salmon shirt, what would you say? No.
4: A pink or collared shirt. shirt. No, baby As pink. As
0: opposed to... Baby pink. Mm-hmm. Okay. What is a shirt without a collar?
2: It's a not bra- a riddle. It's a grandfather no. shirt. Oh, one of the
1: granddad shirts with the little yeah. the little flat collar. Well, I suppose <laughs> yeah. still ten- okay. it still has a kind of collar, doesn't it? Well,
2: <laughs> More well importantly, then you're into a Henley. No, is that is
1: true. I don't actually know what that means, but I say it's true.
3: Amon, what kind of cake would you be? Oh one with no nuts in it because I'm allergic. <laughs> Aren't you allergic yeah. to eggs as well? Nuts, eggs and fish. I'm All allergic. cake has egg in it. No, I no. can eat egg no. in like cakes and stuff. we not like uh, scrambled egg or
1: fine. Yeah, I up. mean, look, if anyone's putting yeah. fish in cake, then there's something <laughs> seriously wrong. So, really, really You is. could
0: do that. You can do anything. You know, if you watch enough MasterChef, you'll know that anything can become ice cream. Uh, or if you eat at Heston Blumenthal's, the mm. fat duck, as Helen here has done mm. on two occasions, because apparently she's made of cash, uh, you can you anything? Was it? Um, <laughs> it's um fig, well fig ice cream. Just I had, bacon, no, bacon ice cream. He does bacon ice cream, doesn't well,
2: he? Uh, no, but what I had when I went was at one point we had. Uh, fig flavored ice cream that was shaped like a slice of cheese and cheese flavored ice cream that was shaped like a fig and they were on the same plate and it was very confusing i mean that's
0: just that's just so heston it's so <laughs> it? heston it? i don't know i've never been to a heston uh <laughs> restaurant uh, but one day one day i too will earn fat stacks of benjamins uh, <laughs> like our helen here and uh, I just do you go in and you lot. just start flicking them around like just that like, yeah. when do you, do you make it the, rain the fat doc, do you do you, you don't
1: order they just bring you what you want. So you can't specify whether you want medium hot or <laughs> lemon and herb. Like you don't get to choose that.
2: You definitely don't get to choose lemon and herb or medium All <laughs> so right, okay. Philistines. <laughs> now it is it is actually a segment. So to be clear, I have been twice, but like I saved up, and it was a treat. And I don't drink or smoke, so I have you know money. It. But um, but yeah, it, uh, they they do a set menu. But if you have dietary requirements, you can send those in in advance, and they are stunning at doing. What with if them. your dietary
1: requirement is can I have Nando's? Is that
0: is that?
2: <laughs> then I would suggest option. to you that you're going to the wrong place. Okay.
0: Yeah, I would love one day to take James to a restaurant like this and sit him down in front of a you know fifteen sixteen course tasty menu yeah. and and have at it just to see the misery on your face. But maybe maybe you would you know as you took the first bite maybe, maybe the scales, the scales would fall off your yeah. eyes I, and, I, I, yeah, I, when i was eating my cheese
1: flavored ice cream no i, I don't it's, imagine it was that's the case
2: it was genuinely it's, amazing.
1: No, it's no mint choc chip helen that's that's mm. be perfectly but clear. They, mm. like
2: he'll also do things like that like he plays with like your nostalgic taste from childhood as well like he doesn't just like do I, weird shit for the sake of it thank
0: him to stay away from my nostalgic <laughs> taste from childhood uh anyway Last but very much least on this podcast uh, uh, is James Dyer, a great big fucking nerd. Hello, Jimbo. What sort of cake would you be Mm. today? I'm feeling a bit lemon drizzle. Why is that? Ah,
2: He's bitter and I'm bitter and a bit zesty, (laughs) (laughs) a bit moist.
1: Yeah, that's it. Oh my god, I love a moist lemon drizzle. Um, (laughs) See, I think I like, I do enjoy a red velvet, but they can go wrong Mm, so very easily, and an overly dry red velvet is a terrible, terrible thing.
0: Well, welcome to the Empire Food Podcast. Uh, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about some films now. Uh, or uh, actually, this this week's listener question is taking us dangerously into pilot yes. territory. <laughs> oh boy! But that's okay because now the and again we we do crossover. That means we just we're back where we started. Yeah. Okay. that's the floor invaders plan it is <laughs> it's like but you're going nowhere I don't understand and then he does that little is, 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 him, is it him or is it Ben who does that little twirl that little ridiculous twirl during the fight in the, in the New Hope where he, one of them just spins oh, around yeah, for oh, the that's, ben. that's ben Ben yeah. is very twirly look at this move I've been practicing for decades Darth Ooh. bless
1: him Alec Spinning Guinness around. was not a born swashbuckler he wasn't was he he was <laughs> he back, back wasn't in the doing day. most of that for fun <laughs> you know. Helen
3: pull back the curtain <laughs> I mentioned right, this Joseph. before, but uh, a YouTuber or uh, YouTube channel SC30 reimagined that. Uh, oh yes, uh, yeah. I've
1: seen, seen it. It's, seen it's fucking wild, it's, it's isn't awesome, it? Right? Yeah, yeah. If they'd had
0: proper choreography, yeah. yeah. Would you like to explain yeah. to people at home what? what yeah, is, so <laughs> they, essentially, they
1: restaged <laughs> that fight as if it were like a modern choreographed action swordplay sequence, and yeah. it is off
0: the chain. The action is is crazy. Well, so they reimagined uh, Darth Vader versus.
1: Open yeah, so they cut yeah, from that New footage Hope. together with it's like many CD stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, and and so it's yeah, it's kind of wild. Mm-hmm. So as if they didn't have two old men fighting, <laughs> yes. and they had like a half a day to choreograph it, <laughs> and a director who didn't really care. Yeah. about that Yeah, if
1: Chad Stahelski had been in charge of that sequence in A New Hope, then this is what it would look like. But it was 100%. was it
2: Bob Anderson? Did he not come in? Did he come in later? Then he wasn't in A New Hope. He was only in Empire.
1: I, I don't know at what point his involvement came about but I mean I mean that sequence is very light on choreography mm. though in a way the Empire isn't because the actual the, the sequence yeah. between Luke and Vader is actually really compelling but mm-hmm. I think the reason that works and we've talked about this a lot about whether uh, so Duel of the Fates which is like the high yeah. water mark for all lightsaber battles is great from a purely technical standpoint but the fight in Jedi and the fight in Empire work because the character development goes along with the swordplay sure. so it makes it incredibly yeah. engaging so I think actually yeah. those edge it out just on
3: that I would actually disagree with you on one thing there. I think on. that's so versus Darth Maul. Oh, here we fucking go. <laughs> I'm not talking about <laughs> cartoons, you Belend. I'm talking about films. <laughs> if we're talking about technical lightsaber fights, that might be the best lightsaber. Here, look, fight. I'll draw one on a piece of paper oh, here. Oh, gosh. I was suspect. Right.
2: <laughs> Bob, <laughs> Bob Anderson only came in in Empire and uh-huh. Jedi, so yeah. he wasn't... The darts in. player? <laughs> no, the incredibly <laughs> good swordsman.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Who
2: also trained? I can't remember whether it was in Inigo or... Um, Wesley for the fights in Princess Bride. But basically, they had the two greatest swordsmen in the world training them, and then they got really competitive and really worked hard on those fights. And that's why that is a better duel than anything in Star Wars. There you go.
1: All right, well, go on, on. I have I have dissed you in, in jest, <laughs> but tell us about the Ahsoka fight.
3: The Ahsoka versus Darth Maul fight. They um, actually did that in live action before animating it. It
1: was really, really So, like, cool. the performance captured it, yeah. and then, yeah. okay, okay, yeah. okay. But,
3: yeah, it's a stunning... And this is right. from season seven that well, one we know say, James of, we obviously know obviously we've we
1: watched know. all of all of other people. Clone Wars and or Rebels which this is Clone
3: Wars <laughs> this is Clone okay, Wars Clone Wars. Yes. Clone Wars. this is like either the final episode or the next to final episode of right. Clone Wars and it's right. fantastic but
0: isn't okay. it cheating I mean because you can do anything in animation whereas well, you know in terms of the live action lightsaber duels that we've seen in Star Wars, this isn't a listener question, by the way, but <laughs> I kind of, I kind of prefer it. Uh, no, what's your favorite Star Wars lightsaber? But have we ever done this question? I don't think mm. we have, no.
2: have we? That seems weird that we wouldn't right. have done. All right, this, this week's is the question. Uh, this, this week's
0: question. I'm sorry, Kingy1885.
2: <laughs> but
0: your question is excellent and will be answered next week. It was a very, very good question. It was right up your street as well, Jimbo. Um, oh, no. Oh, oh, can we, do we can do both. We can do both. We may not be able to do both. Okay, well, let's we, finish we, this we one and have, see how we go. We have a hard out this week. Uh, so what TV show had or has the best most movie star cameos? I think that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good question. Okay. It's cinema... And it's TV, it's it's meat and vegetables. Yeah, but then it's
1: you're going to get me onto the whole sort of like movie star versus TV star. No, films. I know. No, we're
2: not going to allow you to do that <laughs> yeah. because it's so boring. We had that discussion last night.
1: That's
0: true. Yeah. I mean, we did.
1: Let's stick with lightsabers, okay? Lightsabers. Right. Objectively
0: wrong, but oh. we'll get we'll get to that next week or the week after because okay. you may not be here next yeah. week. Oh, who knows Bro. at this stage? Um, i learning how to fight with a lightsaber. So in case
3: this I'm not here, my answer to uh-huh. that question is Anchorman
2: no, but this is a TV with TV show, TV with, show movie star with that movie was an star answer Cadillac. to oh.
1: a question. It just wasn't <laughs> the question that Chris
4: asked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but no, okay. So lights so over fight. So what
0: are the what are the, the serious contenders? We you have to. Con- there's there's a, oh, there's protocol to I'm observe sorry. here. Okay, <laughs> so we have a question which yes. has come in from. Amon Warman, <laughs> who asks, I know that guy. What is the best? What is your? Oh, actually, I misread it. What is your favorite <laughs> lightsaber fight, preferably live action, in all of Star Wars? A very good question. Thank wow, you. Oh, great one, Amon. Amon. Uh, yes, uh, good question. So. Helen, let's start with you because you seem to be a, a student. You study a defeat of Bob Anderson.
2: I saw the defeat of Bob Anderson and Peter Diamond, who did the Princess Bride, which is superior to any Star Wars battle. However, looking, yeah, it
4: is.
2: Let us compare the directions in the script. <laughs> in the script for Star Wars: A New Hope. The direction was, they fight. Yeah. Okay. Fucking, yes. Brackets fucking well. In the script for The Princess Bride, uh-huh. Uh-huh. the direction is, they fight the greatest duel of all time.
0: But then they didn't mm-hmm. follow the script. So they, they did. The <laughs> <laughs> Can they I did. just point out that William Goldman even said nobody knows anything. So therefore, nobody knew, knew how to do stuff. that. Mm-hmm. Mm, did he know? Anyway, yeah, he okay. did. Anyway, mm-hmm.
2: so um, they, that's a great fight. But uh, in Star Wars, I uh, love... I do love Jewel of the Fates just for the music. Oh, mostly. The music. La, la, oh, else la, iconic. La la la. Um, <laughs> and, and just the, flu- the fluidity of the movement, I think, is beautiful. In there that are, that are no fluids in that fight. <inaudible> I don't know
0: what you're talking about. Jonathan okay, did
3: what not said, though, foresee Chris Huard.
2: <laughs>
0: if he same. had he might not have done it that's <laughs> what you're saying uh, did you know uh, so my wife used to work for Spurs for about four years uh, taught them Hotspur uh, and they <laughs>
2: difficult time so for you yeah, it was a difficult say. time for me
0: but I did get to see a number of Spurs games including uh, one time for my birthday She managed to get me a box and I brought some of my friends to see Spurs versus Liverpool and Spurs won 4-0. Anyway, that was back in the day. We're much better now. (laughs) Anywho, my point is, uh, as a result of going to uh, what was then White Hart Lane, I discovered that Spurs take to the pitch to the soothing strains of Duel of the Fates by John Williams.
1: Do they? They do indeed. Interesting. Mm. Oh, it's a great, I mean, it's a great it piece of music. It is. It is a great piece yeah. of music. It's mu- a great music. piece. It improved the Obi-Wan trailer immeasurably. So. Mm.
2: Well, I mean, yeah. It would um, get me hyped. I, I don't know that that's my favorite fight, though, just because, you know, are you in the peop- with the people as well, much? The three-way mm. fight in uh, Jedi is pretty unimprovable just because there's so much going on emotionally there's so there's two other action scenes going on at the same time you mean the,
0: there was the fight between luke and vader and
2: luke and vader and the emperor even i wish though he, the emperor who, doesn't have a even lightsaber even though he doesn't have a hmm. lightsaber yeah
1: but, okay. but crucially mm-hmm. I think that's the key there is because it's it, much like the Duel of Fates it interwoven with two, mm-hmm. two other action sequences but all of them are great in Jedi yeah. and the problem with Duel of Fates is it's hacked together with shitty other sequences you've mm-hmm. got Amadala running around the fucking palace <laughs> like doing yeah. some mm-hmm. sort of Benny Hill sketch hey. on the palace <laughs> come on now and then you've got Anakin going Gimme! Flying around in the cot, and you just like this yeah. is shit as well. And then occasionally you get back to the lightsaber fight, bit. which is yeah. technically the greatest lightsaber fight in Star Wars history. I would say on a technical level, and I think the music does a lot of heavy lifting mm-hmm. there. But it is great, just the idea of him having the double-ended one and fighting both of them simultaneously. Uh, it, it, it's pretty incredible. It but it just, I, and I know that we have, there is a death there. Qui Gon's noble end is mm-hmm. obviously a part of that. But as
0: much as I love Big Liam. The character, the, the weight of emotion know, isn't there. there. it's not there. It isn't It there. is. So, I love Qui-Gon. Maybe I'm just connected to Qui-Gon because he's the... Anakin! Don! Anakin! Don't no! <laughs> no. <laughs> Carson says no!
2: Yeah, no, it's... Because it's, he's North Irish. That's exactly, why I'm connected that's, to him. That's why, yeah, absolutely. Although he's not doing a North Irish accent, sadly. Unlike, mm. the, you know, I certain... I mean,
0: kind of is. I'm not sure yeah. he's tried that I, hard least, not to. I, he's
2: toned it down. At the I,
0: I don't think... I'm, I love Big Liam with all my heart. I don't think he's capable of <laughs> not doing an yeah, right. Australian <laughs> accent, but
2: he's he's doing it less than normal. Let me say that. <laughs> okay. um, I think I I at the time loved. Uh, Yoda with a lightsaber in Clones I'm yeah. going to admit it Chris like, I think absolutely. also enjoyed it a great deal at <laughs> yeah. time but like it <laughs> was it was a st- just seeing Yoda with a lightsaber the, the, yeah. mm. the impact oh, fella. the excitement of that <laughs>
0: oh fella Yoda with a lightsaber fella you've got to give it five stars that's how mm. it happened that's how it happened that's how it happened yeah, yeah. 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 That's, thats it, was,
1: it, it was, was a great moment when he opens up his little robe and then sucks yeah. it into his hand yeah he didn't oh, even oh. sorry
0: take reach- your pardon <laughs> <laughs> you need to be very specific what you're talking about here <laughs>
2: didn't even reach for his yeah, lightsaber. Right. He literally, you know, forced force tools it, it. Mm. into his hand. That's he's a badass. Yeah, he's pretty cool. So yeah. I did enjoy that at the time. And I would say Last Jedi, Throne Room Battle, um, Ray, and Kylo. Oh, that's
0: a good one. That's a great one. That's fight a good one. With, with
2: all the red goons coming for them. It is very Aside
0: good.
3: From that was cool. It a, is very good. Um, you know, camera mishap where <laughs> it's a CGI thing where she has a blade one second and then she doesn't, or well, maybe it's the other way around, but Many, many people have pointed out after the film came out. Blizz, blizz. <laughs> I'm just saying, but it was, <laughs> apart from that, a good scene. Yeah, it's
1: very good. But and again, and that has all kinds of weird emotions going on. Yeah. You're like, mm-hmm. do I hate him? Do I love him? I definitely love them together. Like, what is happening? Like, mm-hmm. you feel torn in all directions. I love that sequence.
2: Yeah, and yeah. it's also intercut with cool stuff going on outside. So, yeah. you know kind of works yeah, on that. that yeah. That
1: that's that's definitely a good yeah. shout. The, the one in the forest in in Force Awakens is is, is, is it has the rug pull, so mm-hmm. obviously that's a nice narrative twist. I enjoy that. But on a on a particular uh, it, I mean it's fine. Yeah. It works. and, and
2: equally, fine. you know, uh, Kylo versus Luke is cool and it has another rug pool, yeah. but it's not no. stunning uh, in terms of the sword play because it's because yeah. he's not engaged in sh- sword play really. He's just hacking and slashing, Indeed. and just yeah. furious. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah, I feel like that is where Obi Wan can really do some interesting stuff. Um, or I hope that when it comes to lightsaber battles, they really do uh, go next level on the sword play because we haven't really, I don't think, seen that in live action. Yeah, I do. In terms of the emotional power of it, the Anakin versus. Anakin. Down. The, the, I converse versus Obi Wan and the Yeah the iconic lines I have the high ground. I have the higher ground. <laughs> no, that that fight does not work for uh, me. Yeah, on it's, it's, any level. Level. it's on any level at all. He's two. surfing
1: on lava. I'm sure if yeah. you were in a hundred feet of that, you would just combust. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> He's using the midaclorium. Oh, force, just honestly I <laughs> And also it's shield. like like Lucas, clearly the master strategist. Ah, yes, you can see Arakin. I have the higher ground. It's like, what? Like, so this is this massive thing that he has the higher ground therefore Anakin can't win he's <laughs> like what are you I mean Even he proves that talking about seconds
0: I, later by chopping off his
1: arms and his legs admittedly that yeah. is true but I kind of think that that was rather overemphasised. emphasised
2: <laughs> that seemed like a lot like that seemed really quite I don't know I'll know we won I'm gonna cut all
1: your limbs off yeah. you're fucked <laughs>
2: It, it's a bit. Right, pla- we'll it ends it a, up a bit Monty Python. <laughs> 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 Come
0: will bite your legs off. <laughs> I
2: mean, that's basically how Anakin's left at the end of yeah. that fight. He's literally. Yeah. Free. Mm. But in any of these fights, does anybody suddenly reveal that they're left-handed? Let alone both people revealing they're left-handed? No. <laughs> so, you know, how good can they be?
0: For for me, I can't. I can't look past Empire for this. Yeah, the bells and whistles of the Phantom Menace are great and i love that sequence and it's just it's it's just beautifully it. choreographed mm. and mm. but it's the emotional power of i rewatched it again recently because chloe chow of all people chose i am your father as her classic scene <laughs> so awesome. for for the magazine so i was re-watching it recently i mean not that i have any excuse to re-watch <laughs> the empire strikes back but it's just so beautiful uh the the the, the way that the the control shifts between the two of them, you know Luke um you know Luke initially impresses and even manages to to wing fader a little bit mm-hmm. the Impressive. way the fader just steps out the shadows the,
1: yeah, the bit where Vader hides, I'm sorry, the man's like what six foot four in this huge <laughs> armor and breathes, shall we say rather conspicuously how is he hiding? <laughs> well, he holds his breath he hides in the shadows. <laughs> Stealthy Vader. I mean, that's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. They think, I think Vader is in the
3: shadows. He is. He is a shadow. That's right. Yeah. Sure. I like it when
1: Vader's like trolling him by just throwing boxes at him. That's quite fun as yeah, well. Yeah, that's pretty mm-hmm.
0: cool. But then obviously, the, you know, the, the, the emotional impact of, of, you know, chopping Luke's hand off and it's, it's, it's wild which is it's really thing. shitty parenting I've got to be honest <laughs> it's really well he, he's probably just learned from Obi-Wan yeah,
4: exactly. <laughs> he's like when yeah. someone when
0: someone has you <laughs> at a disadvantage in a, in a laser sword fight you I have the <laughs> <you> know, it's <laughs> over Luke I have the higher ground and then off he goes lopping off limbs left right and centre yeah, yeah. makes sense to me so your choice My choice. Empire. my choice is Empire followed mm-hmm. swiftly by Duel of the Fates followed swiftly by yes Dooku versus Yoda what? screw it yes I love that oh. when Yoda unsheaths no. The 30. lightsaber. Uh, Everyone went. No. 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 Uh, what
1: about, okay, what about Yoda versus with Palps? Yoda versus Palps
0: in the Senate? I do no. like Palps taking out Kit Fisto. Oh, when and, he, and yeah. Mace Windu. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I don't think it's brilliantly choreographed in, <laughs> in that they send four badass Jedi to take down Palpatine and he immediately just goes ah, snarl and takes him out really really quickly and Kid Fisto is like oh Kid Fisto's cool yeah well he looks cool and then he gets, he gets taken out I, I, I'm sad that we never got to see really the lightsaber prowess uh, of ki Mundi yes uh, or Plo Koon Literally, or people no like that no one
2: cares about these people but you how
0: dare yeah. you how dare you Helen with mean, no respect for the Jedi Council pivotal <laughs> members of the Jedi Council
3: Pivotal. Mm. I'd like your order, Chris, but you know, I I know you guys are going to roll your eyes at this, but you know, we just had a conversation (sighs) last week about not disrespecting animation.
5: He's
3: right. He's right. (laughs) We did. There's a lot of fantastic lightsaber battles in Clone Wars and Rebels. I mean, just off the top of my head, there's a three way battle between Palpatine, Darth Maul, and uh, Sabaj, who is uh, another character in the film. You don't Johnny Depp's aftershave. <laughs> I was going to say, Sauvage, <laughs> poor Om. So I think Savage or Press is his full name. So he, he, he's Darth Maul's brother. And of course he is. <laughs> Darth Maul's so evil wait, twin. Is
2: Darth Maul's full name is Darth Maul or Press? I don't know or are they stepbrothers? how it works. I'm just saying what the character name is. But
3: that fight
1: is incredible. Um, Can so we have, have grammar rules here? I kind of feel like at the very least it needs to be performance captured. Otherwise, it's not a level playing field.
2: No, we don't have to. Because I I mean, otherwise, mean, what, what's well, Yoda doing in there?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do not have an answer for that. <laughs> answer for that. I do not have. Come back to me, you
4: must.
2: <laughs> I feel like uh, Star Wars Visions probably has some good ones as well. I'm, yes. I'm struggling to remember oh, the specific oh, episodes. I'm just yeah. saying that, you yeah. know.
3: There are, um, there are, thank you so much for bringing that up. No, yeah. Yes, thank you so much, Hello. <laughs> there, there, there are a lot of fantastic battles in that too. So so yeah, I'd highly recommend seeking those out. Mm. I like Chris's Order, uh, Empire. No! No. It okay. is the first what, order. What,
1: what is your order, James? So, so, okay, look. So so I'm saying up there at the top, you've got Duel of Fate, you've got Empire, and you've got fucking Jedi. And I can't believe you're not talking about Jedi. Because I would with, put, mm. if you're going to put one at number one, for pure emotional heft and the weight of stuff that's going on, it's Jedi. It is 100% Jedi. That's my Jedi. number one. Yeah. Mm. Well, but when when my he,
2: number two is also Jedi, but the other Jedi.
1: Sister. So you have a twin sister? When he comes out of the, the shadows. <laughs> yeah. No, mm. just put all of it. When Luke's like fucking hammers at him because he just loses his absolute shit and there's so much there and he nearly does it he nearly turns to the dark side and then he's like you have failed your highness it's just, I, it's just there's so much going I'm on a Jedi like my father oh, oh. my god. Oh. <laughs> right and if you take out the no which has been added to it since <laughs> oh, then which true. ruins that entire
0: sequence so be it yeah. Jedi a line
1: mm-hmm. that you and I Chris quote probably more than any other line in cinema <laughs> like, it's I mean that that has everything All it right, doesn't I'm, have the sheer choreography of Duel of the Fates, like no, had absolutely not. I'm revising has my order. Else. <laughs> I'm revising my
0: order. Yeah, and put it in a joint number two. No, okay, it's it, it, it's better. Mm, it's better than do- Dooku versus Yoda. No shit.
2: Yeah, <laughs> come on. I'm going. I'm going Jedi. Jedi duel. What
0: do you mean Jedi Jedi?
2: Um, return of, Last...
0: Okay, that's confusing. You can't
2: refer to
4: two different films by the same name. I know, and yet here I am
2: just messing with your head. <laughs> um, so, Return, Last, Duel, um, Fate. Phantom. And then... Or Menace. <laughs> the the menace. film. The I film. guess, fan- well, no, fan- mm. they're both confusing. I, say people, I think people say Menace. Mm.
0: I think mm. They say Menace, they say Clones, they say Sith... They say Star Wars to yes. mean A New Hope. Great. They say Empire. They say Jedi, not Return. So what do they call <laughs> Last Jedi? Uh, Last Jedi. The, 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 <laughs> the, the, yeah. they, they say oh, an
2: extra syllable. I don't think anyone says
0: one. I don't think anyone describes the Force Awakens by a uh, on one-word title. No, Obviously, right. it's no. disappointing. No. It's Force uh, Awakens,
2: <laughs> Last Jedi.
0: You, you, they say the Force Awakens, don't they? And then traditionally, a shorthand.
2: And then there's no one's ever had any call to shorten Rise of Skywalker because nobody sorry, talks what's, about what's it that? apart from yeah, that's You say Rise, saying, right? Then. Did you say Rise. Right. What,
1: what are you referring to? Don't
2: worry of about the it, Of though. the eight
1: Star Wars movies, <laughs> I don't really know what that is. So. Yeah,
2: yeah. Just okay. don't worry about it. Ask Ben sometime. Right, right.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. So if you if you have any thoughts, if you have shorthand uh, at home and you're listening to this and you're still listening to this and you have any shorthand for uh, The Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker and The Last Jedi, then send it in to us. Um, but uh, so that's good. And you've gone, I'm on for uh, Empire, Last Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Solid stuff. Solid stuff all around, I have to say. If you want to follow in the footsteps of at Amon Warman and have your question read out on the Empire Podcast. You can get in touch with us via, uh, well, Twitter, really.
2: Mm. Or just turning up in the studio and starting (laughs) a conversation. I mean, that'll do it too. That that,
0: that will also do it. Uh, Get in touch with me on Twitter. I'm at Chris Hewitt. You can slide into my DMs. You can reply to any of my tweets once you've stopped laughing or sometimes pausing for thought. (laughs) Mm -hmm. that made you think didn't it Uh, or you can wait for a panicked shout out every now and again but we are good for next week's question as you heard what's the best movie star cameos in a TV show so we'll hopefully be answering that next week okay so now it's time to delve deep into the world of um, I say film news but I know we're going to be talking about some TV news yes (laughs) but there is some film news and (laughs) earlier in the week it was a bank holiday uh, on Monday It it was Easter Monday very disappointed in the absence of um, half price Easter eggs this year, by the way. Uh,
2: really? Because I just stocked up this morning. <laughs> were were uh, The Waitrose in Granite.
0: Was it like a pound an egg?
2: <laughs> it was a pound an egg. Oh. And they also had the really... He's
1: gone. He's, <laughs> He's off. Gone. He's running out of the studio. He's <laughs> left.
2: Do do? Talk about okay. a <laughs> <laughs>
0: films, incredible weight of massive talent. Yeah, we got it. Yep. and choose die. That's right.
2: Introduce Eddie Morrison, if you can. Yes. Cool. Uh, talk about Thor. Great. Oh, thank it. you Chris back in an hour yep. oh, no. no problem um, oh. they have the really tiny Lindor rabbits for 12p oh see
1: Lindor chocolate no <laughs> don't
2: even start with me anyway moving yeah here. I was so, really yes. upset
1: like so w- when I went to family Realized. for I was back <laughs> where are the eggs forgot Formatodes. your wallet
2: didn't you <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's happening
0: uh, oh well no sadly those eggs will have to um, they'll have to wait they'll have to wait the thing
1: is it's for the best it's for it the, is for the, the thing, best the thing that I have with like I mean obviously chocolate is available year round so it's fine but there's something about the configuration it's of it being shape egg shape an Easter that, egg, that makes yeah. it special mm-hmm. and and I know we've talked about this on this podcast before it's not exciting but it's just not the same it's if it's not smash. refrigerated it has oh. to be refrigerated you gotta smash and you gotta smash it you gotta, you smash.
0: gotta smash, it.
2: Oh, smash it I always smash oh. it I smashed my
0: last one last night it was a cabbage cream Egg uh, which is the best one Cadbury's chocolate is the best chocolate yeah but the cream egg don't use dairy milk chocolate the actual cream eggs no 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 but no, the, 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 the whole the full, load, the big, okay yeah and I lifted that that fucker high up and I smashed it good what? have you ever had the crunchy ones that has the crunchy baked into the shell oh, no. of the egg I want that I want <laughs> yeah, that so bad Uh pretty good uh, well I will say uh, very frequently on easter eggs because I know we have to talk about Thor Love and Thunder and some <laughs> other things uh, but have you ever did you ever do this as a kid so you have the two halves of your big chocolate easter mm-hmm. egg did you ever take one of the halves? This is pre smashing technique. Did you ever take one of the halves, keep it whole and intact, break the other half into shards, and then use the shard of the chocolate? to write your name and draw things on the inside of the shell. Yes. No. I did that. I did that. No. We owned a television.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We didn't need to make our own fun.
2: (laughs) You have never made your own fun in your life and it shows.
0: What can I say? It was was Northern Ireland in the 1980s. (laughs) Yes. How did you eat yours? Well. It's all we had. It's all we had. Uh, Anyway. So yes. let's talk about movie news and uh, because uh, the reason I was talking about Easter is because uh, Monday was Easter Monday and we were off on Easter Monday. Well I'll say we were off. I was writing the feature <laughs> and editing a podcast. I was I editing a podcast. <laughs> and
2: I had a lovely day out. I went to Bodium Castle and also Scotney Castle where I met a pod listener. Hello, pod listener from Scotney Castle. That's so, me. you know, it was like, yeah. That's good. That's bank good. Holiday. While Helen Ooh. was doing
0: that, was gallivanting. I was. Uh, I, I was working very, very hard. Anyway, so the trailer dropped for Thor Love and Thunder. Please, Marvel, if you're listening to this, and I know you are, uh, please don't drop your trailers on bank holidays uh, ever again. Thank you very much indeed because uh, a number of people asked for one of our Uh, now world infamous (laughs) lengthy trailer breakdowns and we couldn't do it we just couldn't do it because we were scattered to the four winds and I was far too busy anyway so uh, we'll discuss it in microcosm I guess (laughs) here Uh, and so this is the trailer for Thor Love and Thunder which of course is the fourth Thor movie the first Marvel hero to get a standalone (laughs) Thor movie uh, directed by Taika Waititi uh, starring Chris Hemsworth and this was and and again I think this is one of the reasons why we didn't try to make time to do a big trailer breakdown for this because it's very much a teaser I don't know that there's that much for us to get our teeth into yet but overall impressions of the trailer what did we think of it?
2: Yeah Yeah. it looks fun it looks very uh, Taika in the sense that it's clearly leaning into the, 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 you know, his kind of dry, wry sense of humour, um, his determination to kind of strip away as many superhero movie trappings as possible. So this is Thor in a Journey of Self-Discovery, Walking away from a fight at one point, like what? Meditating under a tree, having a lovely search for meaning. Uh, meanwhile, you have uh, Valkyrie and and Meek and all the rest um, wearing suits and trying to govern, <laughs> which clearly does not come. Meek
0: was wearing a suit. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: was com- mm. which which clearly did not come naturally. I've
0: only seen her wear it once.
2: So you know there are there are a lot of fun uh, weird little touches in here, uh, and then there's also some. You know big giant batley stuff and massive giant landscapes and what looks like a Zeus and and you know Thor with a with a Jane Foster.
3: Yes, uh, the end of that trailer uh, had the money shot, which is Jane Foster uh, catching a rebuilt Mjolnir, yeah the hammer that was broken has been remade <laughs> um Mjolnir reforged yeah <laughs> very
2: badly reforged though it's more like soldered together isn't it you know it yeah. has gone reforged. full Ren <laughs> apparently
3: yeah but yeah no, that uh, is a cool visual we knew that was happening of course it was announced when they announced the title all the way back in July 2019 at Comic Con and it's really cool because it's based on the Jason Aaron run of comics if you have not read them go and seek them out they're really really great um and I'm really interested to see how much of it they adapt into this film, because part of the reason why that random circle so good is that Jane, when she is not Thor, has cancer. Uh, and it'd be really interesting to see how much of that they bring into this interpretation of the character. Mm. Uh, but yeah, she looked really, really cool in the armor. I'm excited to see the, the thought of Jane as Thor and Chris Hemsworth as Thor taking down people with hammers in their hands and lightning in their veins at the same time. Makes me very excited.
1: Yeah, Thor is just—I honestly—just my favorite character. I think just because he's the funniest to for me personally <laughs> by a country mile. And watching him, the thought of the comedic hijinks to be had mm. Mm. from her being Thor and him being Thor—I mean, even in the trailer, you see him and Quill. I love their sort of <laughs> frenemy dynamic; is <laughs> yeah. delightful. And I know, I know that you know. I don't know what's the what's the current term for sort of dude bro Thor uh i know well i know there is a lot dad of bod. i'm going with dad bod thor whatever yeah. you want to call him i know there's a lot of hate for that but i found that whole thing i found his performance during that the way he comported himself i found that hilarious well, Back in uh, though. yeah, yeah, I, yeah and I, also, I enjoyed him like with the chains with like the, getting yeah, back <laughs> in shape instead training of, montage i love that
2: instead of using battle ropes he is using i guess battle chains it looked like he was back where he was at the start of the previous Serta, film? in so, yeah. realm, yeah, I don't know. Um, but, th- yeah, that was I, kind of I hilarious. love the
1: metal vibe, I love the yeah. metal t-shirts, I just, this, I I love Ragnarok, so, so unapologetically. Great use I of Guns and Roses. Hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I
3: just, I mean, it's amazing. We discussed this, but it's very mid-tier in my... Oh, novel, you like. are, you, you're like a professionally wrong man. <laughs> 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 I'll add that to my Twitter bowl. Thank you, James. <laughs> now, I just think, with Thor Ragnarok, there. Was the balance of serious moments and comedic moments was a little bit off to me. My favorite superhero films, especially Marvel films, are the ones which have a really good balance of emotional tone all the way through. And there's some things in Thor: Ragnarok they should that they should that they should have just allowed to be serious. I should not be laughing and joking when Asgard is destroyed. When Asgard is destroyed, just let that be a serious moment. The fact that the most emotional thing that I react to in Thor Ragnarok is Mjolnir getting destroyed. When Thor loses the Warriors 3, he loses Asgard, all these bad things happen to him. For me, that's a problem. So I'm hoping in Thor Love and Thunder, that balance of serious moments and funny stuff is there? See, I'm hoping the
1: opposite and I know this is insane for me of all people to be arguing this but I love the fact that Ragnarok went unap- unapologetically full comedy and mm-hmm. we've discussed this and now Chris doesn't quite agree with me but but I always saw Ragnarok as the first Marvel movie that is just a pure out and out straight up comedy like Ant-Man comes quite close you know, it's very comedic and they've all got comedy in them and I think they, they walk that line that you talk of very, very well mm-hmm. but Ragnarok was just joyously, unabashedly humorous all the way through and even a sort of soulless husk of a man like myself <laughs> was completely charmed by it and yeah. it is among my favourites
2: I was charmed but I, I somewhat take Amon's point because I feel like there is there is a danger of taking it unseriously enough that you kind of undermine the whole enterprise mm-hmm. it becomes too glib yeah, it never it has no weight exactly, exactly. And I, and did you think, find that with that? yeah yes. I think, I think mm. Taika sometimes treads that line and I think it's a danger with this trailer and it's a danger with this film I mean I'm still super hyped for it and I was still super amused by Ragnarok it Is it my top 10 Marvel uh, it's not even close to the bottom of the top 10, I don't think. But but I do think there's there is that danger and there is that possibility that he loses the emotional weight that we do still need. You need to take it a little bit seriously. You need to care about your characters.
0: There's a tendency... I think Taika is a filmmaker we all adore his films. Mm-hmm. Uh Taika has a, has a tendency to bounce around tonally uh, sometimes within within a scene he can bounce around tonally but I'm thinking for example of uh, the, the, the best the moment it works best for me in Taika's films is uh, I don't want to spoil Hunt for the Wilderpeople People too much yeah. but there's a moment in Hunt for the Wild People where you get a scene of intense grief Intense loss that is followed immediately by one of the funniest and yeah. darkest, most bumbling eulogies you'll ever hear at a at a funeral. Immediately on top of each other, he mm-hmm. walks a tonal tightrope constantly, uh, and he walks it in Jojo Rabbit, and a film I, I also I also loved, and he walks it, I think maybe less successfully in Thor Ragnarok, where. Maybe they erred on the side of of comedy, and this is not to denigrate it at all. I think Ragnarok, um, particularly on rewatch after rewatch after rewatch, uh, has become a, a source of great joy to me. And I think if you were to make a list of the top ten funniest moments in the MCU, oh yeah, I think most a, of them, a, a lot of them would be on Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I'm not even going to get into it here, but there's so many great moments in that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I would say the first proper MCU comedy was Homecoming, which which predated Ragnarok mm-hmm. by about three months.
1: See,
5: mm-hmm. I know, you mean. and the Guardians movies have. A lot of comedy, and also. as do they, as yeah. do
1: they. But I, but I think they, the, the line that Amon talks about, I think they walk it much clearer. Like it's the, very for me, they're dramatic with a, a strong thread of comedy. And normally, that's what I find best. I find the juxtaposition of drama and comedy normally enhances comedy for you massively. But mm. but there's just something about the the cocktail of Ragnarok that I found quite quite <laughs> giddy. Mm.
0: I, I, I would say I
2: love it. <laughs>
0: the cocktail.
2: I love that we've got James you know, adjudicating <laughs> yeah. on what is comedy.
0: Standing for comedy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you'll find he's, he's, he's this fine. close. This funny. Welcome to my TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's a lot here, obviously, that we're not seeing. This is just a teaser. There's no real sense of, no of the wider plot. There's no gore the god butcher or god botherer, as Helen <laughs> might have it. Uh, so we don't see Christian Bale at all as the film's principal villain. Uh, we only get that one shot of Natalie Portman, um, with maybe some CG augmentation, I don't really know, uh, at the end as as the mighty Thor, and that's what we'll call that character, because Thor is still going to be Thor. It's not like, you know, when someone else has the hammer, he he's not Thor anymore. It's his fucking name. But... um There's a really cool play on that in the posters
3: they released, because they released one with Chris Hemsworth first, the one, saying the one and only. Thing. The one and only, yeah. And then... <laughs> What, what do they have on the Natalie Portman one? The one, the, the one, but
0: not the only. Oh, that's Sometimes. interesting. I <laughs> wonder if that was a Chesney Hawks reference somehow.
2: I would not put that past. Tiger to put Chesney Hawks in this film.
0: Nor, nor would I. It's, 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 It all seems very, very edgy. So there's a lot of stuff we're not seeing. There's a lot of stuff that's, that's, you know, very much underneath the surface uh, of this movie. But I'm massively, massively excited about it. So, Me too. yes. Yes. Uh, well done so far. And, you know, listen, if he deepens it more dramatically... And this is less glib than this trailer would seem to be because trailer does seem to be Ragnarok Part 2. I don't think that's the movie that they would necessarily set out to make. Taika doesn't seem to me to be the sort of director to repeat himself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then great. If they do, on the other hand, just do make Ragnarok Part 2 and it's as as raucous and as fun as that movie, then great.
2: We're still going to have a good time. I have no doubt we're going to have a good time. It's only a question of, you know... How, what those repercussions are going forward, whether yeah. the emotional weight is kind of left, essentially just deported into another film, which is mm-hmm. what happened really with yeah. Infinity War and on. Yeah.
3: My gut is yeah. that it won't be as good because when you got a character like Gaw the God Butcher, I mean, the clue is in the name. If you read the comics, the guy is no joke. Um, so hopefully they uh, give him a similar energy when they I adapt mean, him. I mean, Ragnarok did have the
0: goddess of death in it. Yeah, so that's the point. Yeah. Well, we shall see. We shall see. Uh, hyped. What? Super hyped, super pumped. Uh, yes. What else happened?
2: Well, speaking of super hyped and super pumped, especially the latter, uh, Fast and Furious 10 <laughs> will now be known, inevitably somehow, as Fast X.
1: <laughs> it <laughs> I, was inevitable. It wasn't
2: evi- I feel like a lot of people talked about this online. A lot of people on Twitter have been congratulating themselves for calling this I'm pretty sure we talked about it in at least one yeah. podcast, but I'm not going to go back and listen to them because, my God. Um, but it, it, it did seem inevitable. Of course, it's going to be called Fast X. What else are you going to call it? Fast 10? Yeah. Don't be ridiculous. Yeah. yeah.
0: So then someone pointed out, Fast 10, your seatbelts would have been yeah. the perfect...
2: That would have been great. Yeah, but it, I mean, that that involves... You know, wordplay. which oh, I, like I think that. I feel like mm-hmm. wordplay is is not okay in this franchise. Somehow, it's not the franchise. <laughs> yeah, I, I think
0: Vin would very strongly object yeah. to any hint that <laughs> there's humour in this film. So he lives his life a quarter of a simile at a time. See, <laughs> <laughs> similes to play on mile. Yes, yes. Thank okay. you, Chris. Thank it's good you. that you explained that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Uh, yeah, exciting! Well done, well done, everybody involved with Fast X. Uh, I saw that Finn was on Instagram again—a long missive about how important these films are. And yes, oh bless yes, him! Yes, he was. Bless him. <laughs> bless him, bless him, bless him, bless him. Uh, anything else? Anything else uh, that's not yeah. Thor-related or Fast-related? Unfortunately, I have some bad
3: news. Yeah. Uh, my most anticipated film of 2022 is now coming out in 2023. because Black, Black Panther
0: Wakanda forever?
3: No. <laughs> Thankfully. Well,
0: don't, don't <laughs> jinx it, <laughs> <me>, okay? <laughs> Touch whatever this is.
3: Um, but Spider-Man, colon, Across the Spider-Verse uh, is now coming out on June 2nd, 2023. That's part one. And Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse part two is coming out on March 29th, 2024.
4: Oh. So yeah,
3: I'm I'm bummed about this. I'm sure it'll be worth the wait. I'm sure that they that, that they are taking the time, which is coming from the delay to uh, augment the film in many, many ways. But I was really, really excited about seeing this film this year. Uh, Spider-Verse is the best Spider-Man film of all time. Uh, something which only me and Helen saw the good sense of. To do and put it at number one in the recent Spider-Man ranking uh, for some reason, but uh, yeah, uh, I very I'm very very hyped to see this film and gonna have to wait a little while longer.
2: Mm. Yeah, I mean, look, we want them to get it right, so I mm-hmm. guess that's okay. But and we also have a, a, a year that is packed with superhero movies. This is true. So there may be a certain amount of wisdom in spreading things out a little mm. bit. You yeah. know.
1: Speaking of superheroes, I should dash in a little bit of TV news, that uh, <laughs> HBO have found their John Constantine for the Constantine TV series. Oh, Me yeah? and Chris, I think both of us are actually quite fan, big fans of the Keanu Reeves Constantine. Oh, really nice. oh, Me too. too. Yeah. Oh, okay, mm. good.
2: Well, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to, the to <laughs> steal <laughs> the thunder. Okay, I was okay. I arguing for four stars in the
1: review. I take it back. I take it back. We, all of us, are huge <laughs> fans of the Keanu Reeves Constantine movie. Um, but he's, he's coming back. It's Constantine. He's being reimagined. It's going to be on the small screen, therefore longer, and more enjoyable. Um, oh, but Chopé Dorisu who that. was so fantastic in Gangs of London, is going to be playing Constantine. So that is, uh, yeah. I think, an inspired mm-hmm. bit of casting.
3: Yeah, I'm very excited to see what he's going to do with the role. I really liked Matt Ryan in the role. Yeah. Uh, he was uh, Constantine in the DC shows, which James absolutely adores. Um, <laughs> oh, how well you know me. <laughs> Talking about Legends of Tomorrow specifically. He also um, he did have, for a time, his own yes, Constantine it was, TV it show. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it lived a very short life. Um, so, so yeah, I'm intrigued to see what shop is going to do here. Uh, the character is very interesting. has holds a very unique place in the DC pantheon in terms of magic users as well. Uh, so, yeah, um,
2: mm-hmm. brilliant so what's this is on HBO you said yeah
1: HBO okay. so, it'll, so it will in all likelihood I mean I, to be fair I was about to say in all likelihood it will be on Sky over here but if it's an HBO Max show there really is absolutely no telling that because HBO Max is the Wild West could be anywhere
2: okay but th- that is a Bit upsetting, just on the basis that you know the character does appear in Sandman, which of course is being ad- adapted for Netflix. Yeah, well, but then so, we have the whole problem
1: that obviously Prime Video own the character of Bosch, whereas Netflix own the character of Mickey Haller. So we the Bosch oh. universe will forever remain incomplete.
2: I mean, that's less of a concern for me. <laughs> 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 on it's... the topic we were discussing.
4: How constantly.
0: do you how do you not unify those two? I don't understand. I know it's ah. Oh. But
2: on the topic of Constantine, which yes. we were discussing, Constantine, you know, <laughs> yes, we won't be able to have that cross. Bosch isn't in
0: Constantine either. More's a pity. Mm-hmm. But yes, Constantine, uh, the show paid uh, is uh, amazing. In the first season of uh, Gangs of London, Gangs of London season two will be coming out later on this year.
1: Yeah. Will he put on a Scouse accent? This will question? he put on a Scouse accent?
0: Uh, I mm-hmm. don't know.
2: Does he have to be Scouse still? We're obviously changing other things about him. He is blonde.
1: I, I, I don't think so.
0: But... It is the core of the character. <laughs> Look, it
2: wasn't in the film that we hey, all like. Hey, are I Cthulhu? Yes, oh, that's, that's
4: what? That's exactly what he, he sounded exactly yeah. like. Yeah. There
0: you go. Because yeah. he's fighting Cthulhu for no, some I reason got in, it. This, yeah. in this, yeah, in, this in,
2: your, in your head. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Needs to do that. If you ask me. So some stuff that's not related to comic books. Yeah. But it's very sad news for fans of Dracula, Um because... Uh, there was a film in that uh, was about to go into production, should I say, directed by Karen Kusama, and it was going to be called Mina Harker, and it was an adaptation of Bram Stoker's Draculier, uh, but obviously from Mina Harker's perspective. And it was produced by Blumhouse and Miramax, who I think are okay now.
2: <laughs> I, are think, <laughs> I think they're okay now. They were good. They were sold a long time ago.
0: Yeah, we're good. Yeah. We're they're good. We're involved. good. Yeah. Phew. Uh, So, and Jasmine Cephas-Jones, who of Mm -hmm. course was in Hamilton, was going to play Mina Harker. And uh, the plug has been pulled. Can can you
2: read out the quote about it? Because I feel like we need to discuss the quote a little bit (laughs) that came from this news story.
0: So with Mina Harker, this was uh, when when the news broke that it had been uh, cancelled just a few weeks before going into production. One of the film's producers, Phil Hay, who's on Twitter as Mm -hmm. at Philly Carly, uh, wrote, it's been so heartening to hear all of your support for Karen and Mina Harker. Here's the interesting bit: a faithful adaptation of Dracula, seen through he spelled it word—seen uh, through Mina's eyes, set in contemporary Hollywood. <laughs>
4: I, I, As I, Bram Stoker I, intended. So it,
2: what? It, I, I am I am intrigued by that, and I'm sure there's. I'm sure that that, that makes sense. Having yeah, you know, he's obviously he knows the script in a way that we don't. So I'm sure that does make sense that there is a lot taken from the novel that they've just you know
4: mm.
2: re resituated in time and place. But on the face of it, that's a that's a hilarious statement. It's a, it's a wa- rather <laughs> wonderful statement, yes. So I did just want to draw attention to that. But yeah, I mean, Karen Kassam is a, a, an incredible filmmaker, and I'm I was looking forward to this one, so I'm a little bit upset. There are a lot of competing Draculas coming up Draculiers, sorry Draculiers. Um <laughs> so I, I guess that's why, but it still
0: yeah. does suck. Renfield. Not hey blood. Ivan does blood good. Uh Renfield yeah. has just wrapped production. Nice. Uh John Conson could fight a Draculier, uh, couldn't he in his in his new show? Blake because- could fight
2: a dr- for a
0: Blade one. has fought a oh mm-hmm. although they called him Drake because they were cowards even though Dracula is a the public They call him Drake in Blade Trinity as well. Ugh. That's what I'm talking about. I oh. do not speak of that film.
2: And I have think. we got a new Nosferatu <laughs> coming which was have, basically Dracula? Mm,
0: Robert Eggers I mean. is trying to make Nosferatu okay. but is mm-hmm. running into problems mm-hmm. and of course Chloe Zhao is yeah. at work on a Sci fi western retelling of Dracula, which mm. is sounds everybody Enormously is faithful. Faithful. <laughs> as face, yeah, yeah. but it's very, very sad. We don't like to see any movie fall apart, especially yeah. the ones that sound like they could have kicked all sorts of ass.
2: Yeah. Absolutely,
3: really great feature on Nosferatu in the current issue of Empire
0: magazine.
2: There is, yeah. Look at that,
0: that is Brand synergy wow. right there.
2: <laughs> well done, Pamela. Uh, speaking of fantastic directors, you know, getting films off the ground, uh, Alma Hurrell, who directed the fantastic uh, Honey Boy a couple of years ago is set to make her passion project, Mockingbird. Now, this is nothing to do with the Marvel character. Um, It's uh, based on a science fiction novel um, by Walter Tevis, and it's uh, set in a perilous future of a declining human population fueled by drugs and electronic bliss, a world without art, children, or books. Where humanity's future hinges on a love triangle between an android, a man, and a woman. Yes, I am reading that out because this is a book I haven't read, but I'm immediately looking what a for book the book. You
3: haven't read?
0: There are what? some,
2: um, <laughs> uh, but it sounds fantastic, and I love her as a filmmaker, so I'm super hyped for that one.
0: Have you read um, *Women vs Hollywood*? Too? I actually
2: interviewed Alma Harrell for that book. No way, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> she was a delight.
0: Did you not remember from your read
1: of the book? Chris? Yeah, you. I, I remember it vividly. Sorry, I gave yeah. you
2: two. an electronic copy and a physical paperback that's right (laughs) Alma
0: from page 37 Uh, it's it's towards the end of the book uh, after they fight the dragon yeah yeah, it's after that bit, but before the lightsaber fight. I hate
2: you Yes.
0: <laughs> Actually, can I, re- can I revise my ranking of lightsaber fights because the one in Chapter Ten of that's Women true. versus Hollywood, where the women, where the women, fight, women Hollywood fight Hollywood, Hollywood with that lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and Hollywood just takes out the, yeah. the, the, the yeah. uh, quadruple lightsaber yeah, and does, spins yeah. it around, but then Speaking women which, we didn't mention grievous. slide in. We didn't mention Gravis. Probably the best
2: <laughs> on, on purpose.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's an amazing lightsaber fight, and well done. Yeah, well yeah. done. Thanks, right. thanks. I appreciate that
2: got help from Bob Anderson Um, also in female filmmaker news uh, Cartoon Saloon's new film My Father's Dragon is Mm -hmm. going to be out on Netflix Um, so that's just Good because lots of people get to see it. But that comes from Nora Toomey who did the breadwinner.
1: Two hundred thousand fewer people though than Woodown recently. <laughs> that
2: is true. They have lost some subscribers, but maybe this will get them back because if maybe. any any sensible person should want to see the new Cartoon yes, Saloon film, they'll be, they have a, they'll be and a astonishing. In the they have an astonishing hit rate.
0: What's yeah. that noise? says Ted Sarandos <laughs> as as he hears footsteps racing towards the Netflix office. Oh my god, it's two hundred thousand people subscribing to the new Cartoon Saloon film. Listen, love Cartoon Saloon. Yes. Love well, best will in the world. I'm just
2: saying. I'm yeah. not saying they're the biggest box office draw. I'm they saying great, they though. should yeah. be if people had any sense. Yes, Agreed. indeed.
0: Um, Even I will concede this point. Aha! Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it feels like the Netflix thing is maybe something we should get into. Mm. But I know we're running out of time. We are running out of yeah. time. Uh, it's uh, it's it's interesting. Um, the Wall Street <laughs> panic about them yeah. their share price dropping was was wild to see something like 50 billion dollars is wiped off Netflix's yeah. value overnight Jeez. because' Wall Street
2: is stupid though so, yeah. they're, they're the
0: worst people in the world yeah, uh, we should we should uh, heavily emphasize that uh, also mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's it's very interesting but there's theres it feels like there's a reckoning coming in terms of mm-hmm. the, the streaming giants uh, they, it's unsustainable yeah.
1: Well, we've or... talked about this on Pilot a like, It's just in terms of what people do. And there seems to be this migratory pattern now where people will move from provider to provider depending on what shows are airing at any given time. So someone might subscribe to Disney Plus once all of Moon Knight has dropped so they can then watch all of Moon Knight. And then they might switch to Apple so that they can watch mm-hmm. like Shining Girls. And it does see that you've got this sort of nomadic shift between these various you, services. You
2: can't be paying for 16 no, different services at it once. It's mad so you know if, if this is the way it is then people mm. are going to do that
1: and it used to be that everyone I think oh, I say everyone I think a lot of people had Netflix as a default yeah. you always had Netflix and you'd flip between the others mm. but I don't think that's the case now because Netflix have the largest volume by a significant margin but in terms of quality they're mm. beginning to lose stuff as well Indeed. as other studios begin to set up and yeah. take back their own stuff, yeah. Yeah. stuff yeah, you know so, Friends whatever else yeah. that
0: used to be on, on mm-hmm. Netflix has now gone back to the people yeah. who own it so, so then it'll and, come down to original content yes and they're obviously they and Apple and Prime Video are plowing millions upon millions, hundreds, in, of, millions. In hundreds mm. of, in, of millions of dollars into this. The figures being bandied around for the Lord of the Rings TV show, is that something that's going to make them a lot of money or is that just Jeff Bezos with his fuck you money just kind of going, I could do this and take a hit on something to the point where Netflix can't, maybe even Apple can't. Yeah. It's very, mm-hmm. it's very interesting. Yeah, I, that I, is interesting. Weirdly, the one I think is most, even though I've seen the, the share price has dropped and you know there will be subscriber dips here and there, the one I think is most... Um, trend proof if you will is disney plus i
2: think that's probably cuz that
0: that feels like the one that you know they're going to have all this must see is a very very strong term, but they're going to have all this content over the next year, two years. Going to ongoing Star yep. Wars shows, ongoing MCU shows. Obviously, there'll be people who won't be into that sort of stuff. And but in terms of back catalogue,
3: like people it's not into Star Wars or MCU, who are these heathens? <laughs> oh, Yes, yeah. that's that too. <laughs> well, I think yeah, I think I
2: think you're right. I think I think it was weak, and then once they started adding all this, all the Fox stuff, in, mm. at least here in the UK, I mean, Hulu obviously mm. still has a lot of that in the yeah. US. Mm. Um, but now it seems like that one, you feel really easy about justifying in a way that you don't yeah. with all the others
1: so. yeah. Whereas, and you know and I've said this long long enough like Apple's service they may not be the most prolific and that to be fair is an understatement but the yeah. quality of the Apple stuff yeah. is extraordinary yeah. and the swings yeah. they take they are so bold with the stuff they commission yeah. that you know that that is
3: never to be overlooked the point you make about Netflix quality is a good one but at the same time I don't know any other uh, service right now which ups their prices as much as Netflix still like they just upped it again fairly recently didn't they
0: yeah I think they did Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. so yeah yeah.
0: yeah okay so that's enough movie news for the time being uh, sprinkled with a bit of TV news oh, yes. John Constantine yeah John Constantine uh, alright reviews no guest oh damn it <laughs> who should we have you can choose Eddie Marsan or you can die Eddie Marsan
3: Eddie Marsan I'm going to go with Eddie Marsan
0: I was yeah. really hoping one of you would choose die <laughs> brought the sword and it's not a laser sword but it's you know still useful will still fulfill the function uh all right then have it your way uh eddie marsan it is i don't think eddie marsan's been on the podcast since the last time he was on the podcast (laughs) uh which is when i made him take the questionnaire that he took when he was a struggling actor and he appeared in a feature in empire years ago about actors who were out of work and what you know and what drove them and we were flicking through the feature one day, and there he was, yeah, a young Eddie Marsan, pre-fame. Wow. Yeah. Now he's very much post-fame, or or in-fame, mid-fame. Mi- mid-fame. He's not. Yeah. In he's post. He's not. He's not. <laughs> yes. He's not on the downhill slope. No. <laughs> he is in two films. Um, one is out right now. It's on Netflix. It's a British horror film, Jews or Die, which is on Netflix right now, in which Eddie Marsan plays someone who gets involved with a video game that seems to have terrifying real-world consequences. Should we say that? Yeah. We'll say that. Yeah. He's also going to be in the Chris Pine actioner, The Contractor, which is going to be out in May. So we talked a little bit about both those films and a little bit about just his career because he's a fascinating guy, really, really great, great actor, one of the best we have. So here I am talking to Eddie Marsan over Zoom. Do please enjoy. We are delighted to be joined on The Empire Podcast by the star of two films, Choose or Die and The Contractor. Mr. Eddie Marsan, how the devil are you, sir?
5: I'm very well, thank you. How are you?
0: I am not too bad, not too bad. Whereabouts are you at the moment? I can see you, you've got like all sorts of stuff behind you. You've got like your yeah, your I'm shelves. in my office.
5: I'm yeah. in my office with my peloton and my uh, <laughs> um, my exercise stuff that I haven't touched for six months. So yeah, where we you
0: <laughs> So you're not hard at it then, Eddie. You're not. You're not.
5: No, no. I've got a dog, I've got a dog in the corner having a kip. Lovely.
0: Oh, lovely! That's good. That's excellent stuff. Uh, what sort of dog do you have?
5: She, she's my labradoodle bear. She's oh beautiful. my god! That's
0: yeah, it's too much. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not allowed dogs, our landlord doesn't allow us to have dogs. So I live vicariously through people's dogs.
5: Oh, she's beautiful. I've got three <laughs> dogs, and t- I've got three dogs of tortoise t- and four kids.
0: <laughs> I love the order that you said that. <laughs>
5: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, lovely
0: order of importance. Uh so Eddie, you are an incredibly hardworking guy. So you've got two movies out at the moment. You also have Operation Fortune, Ruse de Guerre, which is a, a, an amazing title. That's coming out later on in the year. Obviously you don't shoot all these things at the same time, but uh, do you like to keep busy?
5: I love being busy. I, I can't stand doing nothing. I have to be busy all the time. I am a workaholic in that sense, I think. Um I don't. I, I'm not very comfortable keeping still. I have to keep busy all the time. My mind has to be. If I'm not, uh, if usually I have about two or three job, jobs on the go at, at any one time. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> including today, are you going to go shoot a film after this?
5: Uh, no, but I'm going up to Derbyshire tomorrow to go and do uh, to rehearse a movie tomorrow. First thing in the morning, about six in the morning, I got leave.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. All right. <laughs> well, um, you, uh, so, so these two movies are very, very different as well. So you have Choose or Die, which is this little British horror in a way, but it's been, it's, it's, it, it feels like an American horror, but it was, it, it was it shot here, uh, with a British, British crew. Um, and then you have something like The Contractor, which is this larger scale, All action American thriller, two very, very different characters as well. One's quite reprehensible, the other one's not. Uh, I'll leave it for people to choose, (laughs) figure out which one's which. Uh, But but are you always looking to do that? You're always looking to bounce around and, and play something that is the opposite of what you played before?
5: Always. I always want to do the next thing, has to be completely different from the thing I did before. I knew very early on in my career. That some actors, um, some actors have a charisma, so that they that they basically play the same character in all their films, which is, which is an idealized idea of manhood in in a, in a sense i knew that even at drama school i was always the old man in the shakespeare plays i was always the grave digger in hamlet i was always in the Chekhov. i wasn't the romantic lead who shot himself at the end i was the old bloke with gout i always knew (laughs) i was i was the other do you know what i mean they used to call me captain captain velcro because i was changing costumes all the time so i always knew that that was my job and i thought well uh what do I do to make sure that I can keep working is to be as diverse as possible and to make sure that people don't have a fixed idea of me. And also now with children and uh, a family life, I realize that what it means is that there's a degree of privacy that that affords me now mm-hmm. because people don't don't have uh, they don't have ownership of me because they don't know who I am. I don't mean that in bad, they don't know who I am because I'm so many other people. I'm never me, which means that my kids, to me, it's just a job and to my kids, it's daddy's job. I'm not, I'm not a celebrity. I'm not a personality. I'm an actor. Is it, and there's a difference.
4: Mm.
0: Does it? Does it ever intrude upon your life though, when you, when you are, you know, because you have been in big movies and you've been in you know, Ray Donovan, a long running, very, very beloved TV show. There must be moments when it does intrude yeah. on your life.
5: Yes, it does. And sometimes, and and uh, but it's not really an intrusion because people are very nice. You know, they just want to take a photograph of you, or you know, they want to talk to you about something. And and um, I remember the days when nobody wanted to talk to me. No one knew who I was, and so on. And, and I much prefer it this way than the other one. To you. So.
0: <laughs> Do people treat you differently depending on what they saw you in?
5: Yeah, definitely. So funny. The funniest thing was when I did two Mike Lee films back-to-back, Vera Drake and Happy Go Lucky, the people who go and see Mike Lee films, especially in America, are kind of New York uh, intelligentsia. You know, they're kind of university educated and they would go and they would go and, and and watch these movies and then if they saw me they'd want to talk to me about the the narrative structure and 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 the um what mike was trying to say with this to say with that and they would have these deep deep conversations but then i did hancock as soon as i finished happy-go-lucky i want to shot hancock or the will smith film and then i'd be in america and young african-american guys would just look at me and, and, and nod. knowingly so they will need to talk to me about this they just know i know you are and i've got your back i won't tell anyone who you are they were so cool and for the first time i'm alive i was really cool
0: (laughs) (laughs) i love that that's amazing (laughs) yeah (laughs) because um it, it, it strikes me, uh, you know, I think that there are comparisons to be made, for example, in terms of, you, you know, Paul Giamatti is, is another actor, yes. uh, the, the, yes. uh, almost the, the American Eddie Marsan in a way. And did, yes. you, did you grow up when you wanted to become an actor? Were you looking, what sort of actor were you idolizing? What sort of actor did you want to be?
5: Um, well, when I saw On the Waterfront, I was more interested in Rod Steiger than Marlon Brander. And I was more interested in Carl Morton. Yeah. Um, when I saw um, The Godfather, uh, Robert DeVal fascinated me. Um, Gene Hackman, um, growing up, seeing. Um, Seeing uh, the British accents, Timothy Small. I mean, I, I I'm lucky enough to have done two films with Timothy Small, mm-hmm. and to do a film with Jim Broadbent. But but John Hurt in Naked Civil Servant when I was about ten, I think I sat and watched that with my mum. Oh, yeah. I suddenly that that's when I realised that that's what brilliant acting is really.
0: One of the interesting things about you as well is that you. You work with a, uh, the same director quite a lot as well, or same directors quite a lot. Uh, so you mm. work with Mike Lee a, a, a couple of times, Guy Ritchie. Uh, you seem to be clicking with Guy Ritchie at the moment. You've made a couple of films uh, kind of back to back with I him. I think
5: I've made five, I think. Yeah. Five of him. I think, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. It's,
0: it's one. David Leitch as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah. Do you know when – can you sense when you're clicking with a director?
5: No, um, I, don't, I don't know. i think, I tell you what I think. I think I'm a very useful actor. To be around, um, I think I'm very um, some. Like I said before, some actors are like the product. Some actors are kind of like the selling point of the film. Mm-hmm. And in America, they would in America. once a, a character actor came up to me once and said, "Eddie, you're a donut actor," and I never knew what a donut actor was. And what in America, donut is a ring donut and this this I, I don't think this is the case with with the actors i work with but the, the center of the, there's nothing there it's vacuous you know you can put anything in there right yeah you, you know but as long as you surround it with something substantial so if you get this industry quite often gets young stars and because it can't wait for somebody to to rise of their own volition mm-hmm. it has to be in control of who's the next big thing because then it knows where to invest its money what they do is they surround these actors with something substantial, good, good character actors, which is, which is very similar to being a session musician. And I, and I think that, and this guy said, you're a donut actor. You're the ring of the donut. That's where you're working. We're all like And there's loads of us. I mean, I'm not the only one. There's hundreds of us like that, you know, where you turn up and you're, you're, you know, you're the ring of the donut, but Paul Giamatti is actually a very, very good friend of mine. And, um, I worked a couple of times with Philip Seymour Hoffman as well.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: And I learned so much from him as well. And, and, and I think from spending nine years in America doing Ray Donovan and then doing American films, that when I came back to the UK and I worked with, especially I worked with American directors in the UK, in, in the UK they said to me, you're like an American actor. The way I work is more like an American actor than a British actor now.
0: Interesting. There's almost like a New York energy about you <laughs> in a strange yeah, way.
5: Yeah, in, in a sense, I think. I'm not a theatre actor. Yeah. I, I haven't done theatre in 20 years. One of the reasons is I think theatre is more academic. And I think film is more visceral. Mm-hmm. I, it, it, I've done theatre and, the, and, and I work with a guy who, who just got out of Oxford and got first in Oxford and was a director playing, and, and I found it the most boring thing in the world because I'm not academic. But on film, you can't do that. On film, because there's so much money involved, I don't care where you've been to university, I don't know what class you're running, if you can't do it, they'll get rid of you.
4: Hmm,
5: and that's there's something about a meritocracy in film more than in theatre. I think
0: you've dropped a bombshell of a theory on me there, Eddie. Right, right near the yeah. end. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I was uh, I was going to say uh, as well in relation to the the donut theory that uh, David Leach I think sees you as a different type of donut. As in, if you squeeze a donut, red stuff comes out, and that tends to be what happens to you With in a me. David Leach movie. Yeah,
5: all the time. All the time he does something, I think he's got something personal against me because he just, I mean, he chucks cars at me every other, every other film. He chucks cars at me, he breaks my neck, he does everything. I've never, honestly, I've never survived a David Leach film ever. <laughs> I love him, he's brilliant. We have such a good laugh.
0: Do you never want to sit him down and just have a word and go, David, what is it? What, what,
5: what is, no. you know? the fun, the funny thing is, when we did, um, Deadpool 2. He asked me to play this character. He was basically asking the, 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 the kids to pray away their mutant characteristics, their inherent inherent mutant characteristics, which is basically a metaphor for pr- praying away their game. Hmm. So David Leach said to me, do, would you play this character for me? And I said, yeah, only if I can Mike Pence it. Well, actually, I said, if I can Mike Pence the shit out of it. I said, and he said, yeah, okay, do it, do it. So we turned up in we were shooting in Vancouver, turned up, and um I'd already worked on creating the voice of Mike Pence. And then the um w- w- the wig maker, they, they had this gray wig made for me, but they had to put this board cap on beforehand because the wig was so uh light. And when they put the board cap on me, I looked like Richard Atterbury in 10 Rillington Place. <laughs> and I suddenly said, oh, my God, that's brilliant. That's terrifying, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, I said to David, do you mind if I shave my head? Just shave it and look like I've got male pattern baldness. And he said, yeah, great, go for it, you know. And we did that. So and that's, that's how they, the, head, the headmaster ended up looking that way. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was actually, I, I was going to do a Mike Pence.
0: Oh, my God, but it ended up doing Christie instead.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure which one's more chilling,
5: to be honest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: I don't know if we have time just to dig into that, that theory that you have that, uh, that film is more meritocratic, I guess, than, yes. than theatre. Is that something that you kind of felt from, from the off?
5: Yes. Primarily, I think, I mean, filmmakers, Mm-hmm. Because I, when I, was, as a young actor, I would go do, do a stage play, and and there would be some young director who had just come out of Oxford or Cambridge, or, or uh, uh, and and would be um, directing this play, and, and and they wouldn't even look up from the script when you were acting because they were so immersed in the text, and it was a very academic exercise for mm-hmm. them, and and but on film. I think because there's so much money involved and because you're basically, even the the director is is in charge of about two dozen hairy-ass sparks. You know, they have to be able to do it. They have to be able to make their day. So um, that's why I've always felt that film is more of a meritocracy than theatre. I thought theatre was all, to me, was when I started out, was more uh i found more I, f- I found more intimidating i found it more class-based more class prejudiced in theater mm-hmm. and i found that film was much more uh open-minded and then moving to the u.s was even more uh, of a of a of a meritocracy i don't think the u.s is necessarily meritocracy economically because of its mm-hmm. the high cost of secondary education but Within the film industry, I found it more of a meritocracy.
0: Is theatre something that, uh, that you are interested in now? Because uh, you, you seem to be keeping yourself largely to, to film and TV.
5: They've never offered me great parts in theatre. Okay. You know, they've never offered me great parts in theatre. Whereas in film, especially now, it, it, always in the US and, and even more, and now in the UK, finally, I, I get offered good parts.
0: So if people are listening to this, offer Eddie good parts in theatre, you, you mothers. <laughs> Honestly, what's going on? Uh, but we haven't really talked about Choose or Die yet. It's a difficult film to talk about without giving things away, yes. especially with your character. Yes. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's a film about a, a deadly video
5: game. It is.
0: What was the, what was the appeal for you of, of, of the script? Are you a horror nut?
5: They said, me, no, I'm not. They sent me a script and I read it. I liked the script, I thought it was quite good, but, but what came with the script was the showreel for Toby Meekins, the mm. director. And, and the short films that he had made were so brilliant and so weird and discombobulating and, and frightening, but in a really creative way that I looked, looked at the script and looked at the guy who was, who was directing I thought, this is gonna be amazing. I'd already worked with Asa when he was a teenager on uh, X plus Y. So I knew Acer, and I kind of thought, well, this could be a really good movie. And when they, they asked me to do it, I came in and and just Toby's vision is just, brilliant. I think he's going to be a major, major filmmaker.
0: Just real quickly in, in terms of the, the characterizations in both the, the Contractor and Choose or Die, are you the sort of actor? Do you go away when you're? Because you know, we we talked a little bit earlier on for the magazine about how you prepare for roles, and you have this rigorous method that you apply to your roles. How much do you stay in contact with the directors during that preparation process? Or are you are you someone who very much turns up for day one of rehearsals or the table read or day one of filming, even with the character in your back pocket, and then that's when you show it to the director.
5: Well, what I do very early on with the director is I work out what the function of the character is.
0: Mm -hmm.
5: Because every character has a function within the story. Because very rarely do I play the protagonist. I always play somebody else who has a function. And when I, when I find out what the function is, I then go about hiding the function by creating a, a, a complexity or nuance or an authenticity to the character. So people don't realize it's a function, but it's a function. Mm. And, and, and so when I come in, as long as I'm fulfilling a function, they couldn't care less what I do. Really. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't mean that in a bad sense. Yeah, they, they, know, they know that we've had a really good chat. This is why well, you want me to do Okay, I'll do that. And, 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 and they're, they're very happy. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Well, there you I, go. they keep employing me. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. We're back to the donut again. We are back to the yeah. donut. Uh and uh, what's next for you, Eddie? What's 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 coming up for you?
5: Uh um well we've got The Thief's Wife and the Canoe, which is coming out on uh Easter Sunday and the, and then the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday that's on ITV. We got uh we've got uh choose or die which is coming out on April the sixteenth. Mm-hmm. I got the 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 guy Richie film. God knows what it's. Called. It changed his name. I mean, what's it called now?
0: It's uh, Operation Fortune Ruse de Guerre. But you're right because you did Wrath of Man, and that was called Cash Truck. Yeah. And yeah. the the contractor was Violence of Action, wasn't it? At one yeah, point. Yeah.
5: Yeah. And then we're doing. A, I've got a film called Vespa, which is coming out uh, later this year. Mm-hmm. I'm shooting a movie now with Jude. Um, and I'm uh, I'm about to shoot this TV series for uh, America, and I'm also finishing up. You know, we've got the Power coming out next year for Amazon.
0: Bloody hell, a full a full dance card as always. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in that case, I will let you go on and uh, and prepare for that. Love to
5: speak to you, Chris. Likewise,
0: Eddie. Thanks again for your time. Take care, mate. Cheers, Cheers. take care. Thanks for
5: watching. Bye bye.
0: Okay, so that was Eddie Marsan. We'll be talking uh, briefly about Choose or Die later on in the show. But now it is time to start off this week's reviews section by telling you about a film you can see in your multiplex, not your sofaplex this week. And it is, of course, the Nick Cage extravaganza. That is Nick Cage mm-hmm. as Nick Cage, but with a K, mm-hmm. which is interesting, in the unbearable weight of massive talent. Mm-hmm. Who wants to take this one, folks? Me, me, me. <laughs> Helen. Helen, yeah. tell us about the unbearable weight of massive talent. Obviously something I have to deal with on a daily basis. I know. <laughs> we,
2: we're, we're all afflicted, aren't we? Yeah, no, this comes from director Tom Gormican, And I, I feel like we didn't expect how good this was going to be. He was involved previously with Ghosted in that awkward moment. Uh, but this, I think, is a whole big step up. So, yes, Nick Cage with a K is a Hollywood star who happens to have made all the same films as our own Nicolas Cage. <laughs> and he is struggling... In his life, uh, he is struggling for the great roles he thinks should be his. He is struggling with money issues. He has an ex-wife and a daughter that he struggles to connect to. They're played by Sharon Ho- Horgan and Lily Mo Sheen. So one day he gets an offer through his agent, played by Neil Patrick Harris, to for a million dollars to go and spend a birthday with a rich dude called Javi. Uh, Javi is played by Pedro Pascal. So rather reluctantly, Cage heads off to meet this super fan <laughs> and what happens is a remarkable weird bonding experience between this absolutely warm good-hearted super fan probably or maybe he's a sinister drug dealer and this washed-up has been of an actor as Nick with a K cage is here complicating matters are two CIA agents played by Tiffany Haddish and Ike Barnholtz and it just I don't know how to describe this. It's a it's a crazy unlikely buddy movie that also has elements of like action movie thriller stuff going on. It delivers as a commentary on fame. It also delivers as, you know, a film about kind of being a person in the world and also as a big stupid action comedy. I absolutely adored it. I was not expecting <coughs> to love it as much as I did. I thought it would be a funny joke that Nick Cage is playing himself. I didn't expect it to have the sheer amount of heart and warmth and likability that it has. I had a grin on my face the whole way through.
1: I can attest to this as I was sitting next to you, <laughs> yes. yes. But I, I, you grinned oh, also. I, for- I loved every second of it, and yeah. I didn't expect to, because, I mean, yes, the title is genius, but it felt like this is going to be a fairly derivative film with a one sort of slightly weak central joke that will get tired very quickly and you will get super bored. But the thing is, that central joke is not the heart of the film. It's just kind of the window dressing. And I, I mean, yes, I love the riffs on all his other parts. I love the fact that, you know, him from While the Heart Turns Up, you know... I enjoyed the fact that there's a whole thread about Paddington too, but it's the bromance between him and Pedro Pascal mm-hmm. that just kept me going. Yeah. I loved those two together. I loved every second they were on screen, and I was standing for them as a couple. I think more than I have done for anyone ever. Yeah, and I just yeah, it's so much fun. And yeah, the plot is obviously silly, but and there's slapstick Cluzo esque spycraft in there, but it's just it's a delight. It's an absolute delight. So yeah. I yeah can't can't recommend it enough.
3: Yeah, I concur on. Every single level with that, I have not laughed at a film as hard, as consistently as I did with this film in a long, long time. Uh, It was really, really great. I will say that the ending, I mean, the whole film is ridiculous to a degree, but it was kind of hard at moments to sustain the disbelief a little bit with the ending with the action comedy elements. Uh, But that is a very, very minor niggle that I have with the film. I absolutely loved
2: Mm. it. I did come out of this feeling like the Mandalorian has been doing us dirty by denying us Pedro Pascal's face um, <laughs> as, as it has done because genuinely he is baby Yoda levels of adorable in this film.
0: He is, yeah.
2: Um, and, and I feel like you know, we need to, we need to, as a society, to really tap into yeah. that. But
1: he's super cute in this. Yeah. You know, it's just that he's, he's really adorable. It's, he's
2: super cute and possibly also a murderous drug dealer. But yeah. they are super, super yeah.
1: cute with <laughs> yeah. him. I mean, yeah. look, there are layers. <laughs> no one's saying he's straightforward.
4: <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm yeah.
3: really happy for Pedro because this is by far the best film on his filmography. In TV, he's been doing a lot of good work. Mandalorian's got The Last of Us coming up, which me and James particularly yes. are very, very excited for. Uh, but film, he hasn't had the best of luck. This is easily the best film on his filmography, and hopefully he gets to do more good work on the big screen. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think he's great. He's uh, He may actually be the film's MVP. I've yeah. um, almost he's forgiven the- him for Wonder Woman. That's beautiful. That <laughs> wasn't his fault. That wasn't his fault. Uh, but, but, uh yeah, he's 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 so good in this because uh, you expect Cage and you expect a certain amount of Cageosity from Cage, and you get that, yeah. especially from the other Cage, from Nicky Cage, yeah. who is um, in an amazing gag is billed in the credits as played by a separate actor, Nicholas Kim Coppola, which of course is <laughs> Nicholas Cage's real name. Uh, cool. So you know, this very very young. Vampire's Kiss era Cage, which, you know, who who is a, a, a ghost that, that Nick Cage sees and interacts with and is just wild at heart and is a oh, lovely, lovely character. But even with all the caginess of this movie, Pedro Pascal is kind of the heart of the yeah, film. He is. In, a, in a way. Um, I thought I, I'm, I'm with you guys. I thought it was a great ton of fun. Four stars, we gave it, and I'm totally on board with the four stars thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit patchy towards the end when the action side of the movie takes over yeah. from the comedy side of the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think the I don't think the the film coheres entirely successfully uh, towards the end, um, but great stuff and a film that gives Paddington 2 its rightful place Mm. on the movie pedestal uh, also so so yeah Totally agreed. The unbearable weight of massive talent um, has the unbearable weight of massive four stars from yeah. Empire. Go and see it this yes, weekend, indeed. folks. It is fantastic. And we are going to be doing a spoiler special for this. By the way, Amon has done the interview for that. He interviewed Tom Gormican and the film's co-writer, Kevin Etten. They, they wrote the film together um, as a spec script. <laughs> Just a wild spec script. Will Nick Cage do this movie? Uh, and so we're going to be doing that. That's out in the next two weeks or so. And we have tons of other... Spoiler specials coming your way as soon as we can find the time to record. The f- <laughs> my schedule has not been kind to me. So uh, we will we will get some uh, more spoiler specials recorded and up uh, ASAP for for big films like Morbius and Ambulance. And we've got a Peacemaker spoiler special coming your way. We just need to find time to record our half of those things and we will get them up. I promise you, as God is my witness. <laughs> I promise you that that will happen. As Gore, the God Butcher is my witness, I promise you that will happen. Here's another question, by the way, that we want to bank for a future episode. Who is the Game of Thrones cast member who's had the best career post-Game of Thrones? Mm. And I think Pedro Pascal is a good candidate. Yeah, me too. All right, maybe we just answered (laughs) it. Four stars then for the unbearable weight of massive talent. Uh, Next up, we have... Happening, which is going to be in cinemas, mainly picture house cinemas, because I think it's a picture house distributed movie this weekend. Hell's Bells.
2: Yeah. This comes from director Audrey Duane and it is French. Um, it is the story Maybe. of Anne, who's played by Anna Maria Bartolome. And it's set in the 1960s. So Anne is a university student. Um, she is ambitious. She's driven. She's hardworking. She is determined to have a better life than her sort of not poor family, but struggling kind of lower middle class kind of family. They're they're mm-hmm. really uh, just getting by by the skin of their teeth. And uh, that all seems threatened when she is, finds out she's pregnant. So she sets about trying to get an abortion, but at the time it was still illegal in France. So she is forced to more and more extreme measures to try and get her, her life back as she sees it and, and you know, get herself uh, back on track. So she, you know, to the point of selling all her possessions, trying to find someone who can help her, going to various different doctors who are um, sometimes less than helpful and sometimes actively hostile. It's a really closely observed, personal, in her face, in her life, in her head, kind of a story. So it's it's intensely political, of course, for the world as it is right now. Um, but it is dealing with it through a very, very personal kind of microcosm of a lens. And that's what I think gives it its power. Um, Dewan got a Best Director nomination at the BAFTAs mm. on the basis of this film, which is yes. an astonishing achievement because it's not in English and they usually ignore all of those. But it's, it's absolutely well-deserved because it is superbly, superbly put together. It's not super long. It doesn't outstay its welcome. It just makes its case incredibly strongly and then... Goes, You know, so um, deservedly won the top prize at the Venice Film Festival last year. Um, You know, it it doesn't reinvent cinema. It just tells one woman's story incredibly, incredibly carefully.
3: I agree. Uh, Fantastic performance as well. Mm. The central performance is unbelievable. And yeah, they just really do a good job of putting you in her headspace uh, from the camera work to even the music. It's not a score that I'm excited to listen to on this own. I probably won't. But in the film, yeah. it works incredible. The plucked strings, I think the uh, score is done by Uwe Jenny and Sasha galperin mm-hmm. And their plucked strings, which sort of indicate the anxiety mm. that, uh, um, mm-hmm. Anne is, that, that Anne is going through, uh, really, really works well. Um, the sound design as well in certain scenes is amazing. There's one particularly harrowing scene where... We don't see what's making the sound, but we hear what's making the sound, and we can imagine the impact that is happening, that that that, that that's having on her and her body, um, and that's just
0: purely from what we're listening to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's really good. Amazing. Uh, quatre stars then for. Uh, oh, hang on.
2: Quatre, quatre étoiles. étoiles, étoiles oh, voilà.
0: Pour le film. Le film. De.
2: De Audrey de Audre Duon. Duon. Ouais, c'est ça. Oui. <laughs> Très bien.
0: Oui. Uh, Four stars then for happening, and uh, last, but sadly, just like Jimbo, least (laughs) this week, is Choose or Die, Uh, which is... (laughs) <laughs> wow. if you're making me choose between watching this again and dying
1: I will just die wow uh, sorry where
0: was this decisiveness an
1: hour and a half ago <laughs> <laughs> sorry Toby Meekins who made this I just I can't I can't like you remember we had this string of kind of cursed technology films in the kind of early noughties you know Gore Verbinski's remake of Ringu kind of kick this off and a lot of oh, them were again there was there was the, the kick this. well obviously kicked oh, this off but, but, but made it mainstream and then we had was it the one with Kristen Bell with, was it pulse, pulse remake with yeah. the haunted Wi-Fi we had all that kind of stuff there've been a lot of these and this feels like a throwback to that it's an acquisition not a Netflix original even though Acer Butterfield is in it and the idea of this is they find this 80s video game it feels it feels it feels algorithm <laughs> algorithmically driven like it feels like something <laughs> like, they thought take a dash of this a little <laughs> bit of sex education a little bit of stranger <laughs> things make this 80s thing and they it's put it that
0: out you were playing the owned Asa Butterfield. Yeah, and yes. really just, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I guess he's a he's a star
1: factor, if you will, for Netflix at the moment. Uh, but like, it's a slightly odd thing because it does feel like it's been made by some sort of artificial intelligence which is the plot of this film essentially that this cursed video game from the 80s is being played in the modern day and you have to play the game and you have to choose what's going to happen to the characters it's all very gory and it affects reality and it makes no fucking sense even so, within its own
0: internal logic so basically what it, what it does is you're playing this game it's like a text game it's like one, yes, where it's where, like one of those one of those. Yeah, yeah. from the 80s do you pick up the, yes. the cup or do you pick up the Indeed. hammer Indeed. and so what it does is it makes you play that game but with someone else who is in your life or in your in your proximity and that's what happens to them yeah whatever you choose what does that person do but it's all it's like saw so there are no good choices
1: but it's all sort of like supernatural reality bending stuff yeah and the thing about this is it's very derivative it doesn't do anything new at all it's
2: jumanji meets the ring
1: it is it is exactly that also (laughs) it's worth pointing out almost everyone in this it's British. It's shot in London by a Brit director, and yet everyone's putting on American accents and it's set in America, which is a, a very strange thing to do with this. But London looks uh, just like America. It does indeed. <laughs> but but the thing with this is also like it has a very nasty edge to it. I think mm-hmm. like it's it's quite unpleasant. There's a bit where someone's chewing glass quite early on, and there's <laughs> it's really quite hard to watch at times. So I just found it. Boring and derivative, but also really sadistic and just quite unpleasant all the way through. And it's clearly trying to be a bit of a franchise starter. Robert England turns up in voice cameo role.
2: We should probably um, mention the lead of the film is actually not Asa Butterfield. No, it's not No, it's not Isla at all. Evans. It is. And she actually She's I would argue is the best thing yeah, in this. Oh good. yeah.
1: She puts out a solid performance. She is the lead in this, uh, despite the fact that Ace of Butterfield is the one being used to sell it on the Netflix algorithm. Yes. Um but her performance aside, and Eddie Marsan, who I generally love in Most Things, but doesn't really have a a lot to do here if I'm honest with you Mm.
2: but it is a good supporting cast because you've got Eddie Marsan, also Kate Fleetwood also Ryan Gage these are good people I just feel like you can't get past the derivativeness Mm -hmm. of, of its premise and the re- the sheer nastiness. I I had to watch this with my parents. Oh no! They have not forgiven me. I've had to buy a lot of cake. I, yeah. I
1: did actually look away during the the aforementioned glass chewing. Oh yeah, thing, yeah I that no, I, That is yeah, it's, it's, I couldn't watch it. It's,
3: it's among if not the most gruesome thing I've seen so far. It reminded
1: it's me of Oculus. Do you remember the light bulb? It was like, <gasps> oh, oh no, Garen no. yeah. Gillen, don't eat that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nobody needs that. So
3: yeah, no, I completely agree. I also think there's there's a thing which happens in the last few minutes of this film, I'm not going to try not to spoil it too much, but they try and like have a conversation about who gets to be the hero in today's world, which comes out of nowhere. <laughs> there is no <laughs> setup for it at all. And if you want any kind of impact like the filmmakers are clearly aiming for, you need at least something to set up that, you know, thing in the character before just blurting that out um, in the final sort of few minutes or so. It was really weird.
4: Mm.
0: yeah, yeah, I enjoyed interviewing Eddie Marsan, uh, though, and that's the main thing. Well, yes, that is so the main thing. thing. Well, when you have but, a choice between that and death, you choose interviewing Eddie Marsan. Yes. Lovely, lovely fellow. But if the choice is watch the film or death, then you choose death. We haven't got an official Empire review for this yet, because every reviewer we send to <laughs> to <laughs> review it ends up dead, <laughs> uh, which is really, really strange. Uh, but we'd go two, Probably seems two, like the yeah, consensus two. in the room here. So two stars then for Choose or Die. And on that note, that is it for this week's Empire Podcast. Uh, join us next week for more film related fun when we'll be joined by. We invite you to Downton Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Because Downton Abbey, Holiday on the Buses, which I believe is the title of the new Downton Abbey film, will be out in movie theaters. And we will be interviewing Laura Carmichael and Tuppence Middleton. So that'd be fun. That'd be good. And we may also have Julian Fellows, the creator of Downton Abbey. James is like a pig in shit. (laughs) He is loving it. He is loving it. Are you loving it, Jimbo? You don't look like you're loving it. (laughs) Well, I haven't watched it yet, but I will let you know when I have. You look like someone who has perhaps publicly spoken about a love of Downton Abbey (laughs) and are now reaping what you sow by doing in-depth interviews about the sequel. (sighs) It's all good. Choose or die, James. <laughs> Choose or
3: die. <laughs> the excitement on James' face is just is palpable.
0: I think he may have died. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. It's going to be very exciting. Very exciting indeed. Anyway, until then, until that auspicious occasion, until we meet again, uh, that is it. It's time to say goodbye to my three colleagues of such a lethal cunning, James Dyer. Goodbye. It is goodbye from the wonderful Amon Mourn. Peace goodbye from Helen O'Hara as well Tiddly. and it's goodbye from me I'm off to go to Waitrose because our half-ache sale's still on bye guys. see you next week
2: bye
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's <got Yeah>. gone
2: <laughs> how, um, how to tell him I bought them all yeah
1: <laughs> bye bye everyone
4: bye <laughs>